on the line. Wonderful, Miss Susan. God is yes, today, and you know, lead us today this morning with your prayer. Amen. Yes, sir. Kind Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for this day. We are so grateful for having you in our lives and can come to you boldly and eulogize you for being so loving and kind to us. Oh, Father, we so much praise and appreciate you. Father, it's back to school, is approaching America. Father, mm-hmm. shield and protect the principal, teachers, students, and co- and co-workers from all diseases in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, mm-hmm. we just love you and we just praise you and we thank you that you are a forgiven God, that you mm-hmm. have forgiven us for our sin of omission and our sin of commission. And, Father, we just love you and praise you and thank you for continually covering us, our seed and family member, from all backlashes. And you are preparing our heart and mind to receive your rhema word on this morning. Continue to bless your servant. For giving us the word that we need. Those words are precious to our yes. spirit and soul. Continue to give him favor and his family with everyone that he and his family need favor with. In the mighty name of Jesus. And God, we just praise you. And we thank you for doing it. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. This is a time to praise God. This is a time to just like lift him up because the Bible says like when we open our mouths with praises, he will fill that with the goodness. Hallelujah. When we open our mouths and just say, Abba, Father, he just is so glorified in that one. And the, and the thing that just like makes this moment so special is also that we can talk about the word, we can explain the word, or we can interpret the word, and the enemy can do it as well. Mm-hmm. Right? He, he quotes the word in, in front of Jesus, you know? But when we turn around and tell what my father has done for me. Hallelujah. That's something he cannot take. In Amen. fact, he trembles. Yeah. He, he trembles over the testimony of his people because yeah. it just damages his kingdom because yeah. it is real, it is raw, it is something that encourages and edifies the church. So this morning, I want to open up this floor to see if there is anyone that has a praise item. I praise God this morning because I'm downstairs at my desk rather than upstairs um, trying to stay cool in that one little room. I have a brand new air conditioner that is God. Praise God. He he let me know how uh, wonderful it is to have an air conditioner because when when it broke, it was the hottest day, I think, in the Charleston area. I think it was 
it was doing 105 plus. Wow. And I'm just, I'm just so grateful. The Lord, yes, he, he, you take so many things for granted. You take things for granted. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The air conditioner, you know, when it's when it's hot and and the heat when it's cold. But oh, I just thank God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Go ahead. I'm, I I quit. <laughs> I uh, want to really thank the prayer warriors. Uh, a week ago, we prayed for my son, Jared. Yes. And, uh, and he had a test, an ultrasound test on Thursday mm-hmm. and uh, came out uh, negative for what were our worst oh, thoughts. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. just read it. And just uh, all praise goes to Jehovah Rapha. What is so beautiful about this praise is this. There were two boys that were that were detected of the same kind of uh, assist, right? Mm-hmm. The two people in the scene have the same kind of like a symptom. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, after the first one is declared with something really bad, the second one is worried. But the, the difference with the second one is that he was holding on to Yahweh Rapha and saying, God, heal mm-hmm. my son. There is nothing like a prayer of the father or mm-hmm. a mother for yeah. their children. Yeah. That, goes like, mm-hmm. that takes away, you know, everything in God's kingdom. That, that, you know, it, it mm-hmm. just breaks every law of gravity. Oh. Everything in that scene should have just like a declared him positive, but God says no because his dad cried out. Because he cried out before the people and asked them for a prayer. Yeah. You know, I very strongly believe this because when you ask somebody to pray, you're humbling yourself before yeah. God. Amen. And the Bible says when those who fear the Lord talk to each other, it's yeah. like this. When they are talking to each other, the Father in heaven listens and hears their conversation. Yeah. The very fact that we ask somebody to pray for, and God's already listened to that conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Oh, Amen. God. Hallelujah. Amen. Yes. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. Praise God. Yes. Good morning. Um, I have something. This is Sonia Grant. Uh, so I'm thinking the Lord today for mustard seed faith and also for increasing my territory. So about five months ago, I uh, d- decided I wanted a new job. Uh, I started working from home last March. And uh, also during that time, I moved further away from my job. And even though it's only about 25 miles, but traffic in the area would make 25 miles about a two-hour commute. Uh, so I kind of wanted to be proactive in, in finding something closer before I actually had to return back to the office. And I began applying for a job after job with no luck, and I, I really wanted to just kind of sit back and give up and you know, just sit still and just stay in that job. But it it was very disheartening knowing that um, I kind of qualified for everything I applied for and to not get any feedback from the employers. 
So I had talks with my mother, and uh, she told me to kind of tell the Lord exactly what I was wanting and and that I could actually talk to him just like I would have a conversation with her. And so I did that, and I began to pray, and um, I prayed the, the prayer of Jabez, and that's from uh, First Chronicles. Um, yeah. Oh, that you would bless me and expand my territory. Let your hand be with yeah. me and keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. And um, so I also stood on his word that says, if uh, we have faith like mustard seed, nothing will be impossible. So last yeah. week I started my new position as a technical project manager at the House of Representatives. And I just want oh, to thank Father for never Jesus. I just want to thank God for never failing me, and I'm just so blessed today. And thank God. I want to say. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm grabbing not toilet paper. I'm just telling you when you mentioned how your mom, what your mom told you, that wisdom she was giving you. Oh, the tears have started to fall. Praise God. Yes, yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. She failed to tell you all now that um, the, the job that she received, the people saw her resume and they called her. She did not apply for that job. They called her. They called her. They called her. Thank you. Thank you. That's how God works. Exceedingly abundantly more than we can even think or ask. That's Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And that was that was not a lot. Like she said, luck. No, that was a blessing. I always said, "Oh, let me forget about that luck. It's not luck. It's not luck. Yes, Lord. It's a blessing. Amen. Blessings from God. Yes. Hallelujah. Yes. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. I too this morning. I too this morning have a praise report. I'm praising Jehovah Rapha in advance for my healing. I'm praising Jehovah Nisi. I'm lifting up the banner that God is able and he's faithful and his word does not come back void. I have a problem. I don't have a problem. I have a situation. This week, Thursday and Friday, I'm undergoing some extensive tests. I have Mm -hmm. to take a, a... colonoscopy Thursday and on Friday I have to take a dye test and a CAT scan. Mm-hmm. But I know that Jehovah around me stands by me. I know that God is faithful. Hallelujah. And in spite of in the midst of nevertheless. Hallelujah. I don't Hallelujah. have any pain. I don't have any symptoms. The only cause for these tests is a drastic weight loss. In less than a year, I have lost almost sixty pounds from October of last year till today. No yeah. pain, no cause for it. Not even trying, and they're trying to find something. But I know that Jehovah Rapha stands with me. I Amen. know that God is able, Amen. and I know that He's not going to let me down. I no, He's not failing. I said, even Amen. if they find something. I know a man. 
and his name is Jesus. And his name is Jehovah Rapha. And he's going to do exceedingly abundantly more than I'm able to even ask. Thank God. Hallelujah. I'm not thinking negatively. I'm going in with Jehovah Rapha by my side. Hallelujah. And I'm lifting Jehovah Nisi. Amen. Because I know Hallelujah. that it's going to be a victory praise. And I just ask you all to pray with me, pray for me, yes. pray along yes. with me, that oh, all these Lord. tests are going to come out negative. For God, for his, for, for his glory and his namesake. Amen. All Hallelujah. Thank Hallelujah. You, yes, yes. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Katina, yes, why don't you pray for your mom for a moment? Thank you, because, Jesus. You know, this is something that, that you know, we are in agreement with you, Katina, but yeah. we are also lifting her up. Thank yes, you, yes. Jesus. Yes. You know, it's funny because before my mom spoke and right after Fred Lee and Sonia um, gave their testimony, you know, I was going to say one of the greatest things that, and this is just my opinion, one of the greatest things that you can teach your children to do is pray. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I come today lifting up my mom and thanking uh, her for showing me and teaching me how to pray, how to yes, go to the Lord, Lord and talk to him, tell him all about it, and just allowing yes. his will to be his will. And, Lord, we thank you this morning, God. Lord, we just lift up your name this morning, God. We call on Jehovah Rapha this morning, God. And, Lord, we just thank you, oh, God. We call on El Roy, oh, God, the highest name of the day, oh, God. Adonai, oh, God, God of the universe that knows it all on the day, oh, God. And, Lord, we are covering Brenda on today, oh, God. And, Lord, we're just asking you to touch her right now, oh, God. We are trusting your plan, oh, God. Your Your word says that your plan is good and not evil to give you a yes. future and a hope, oh God. Oh, and we yes. thank you for the future and thank the hope you. that she's going to stand yes. on. You know, thank they say if any is among you that is ill, oh God, that you should come and you should pray for them, oh God. So, Lord, we are thank coming you, out of Jesus. obedience to your, to your yes. word on today, oh God. And thank we are you, coming and we are praying on behalf of our sister on today, oh God. And we are yes. lifting her up to the heavens on today, oh God. And we are asking, thank oh God, you. that you cover her, oh God, with your terrible yes. wings right now, oh God. Yes. That you take her yes. to that secret place, oh God, until all of this is over, oh God. Lord, just have her feet set up, shod again, again in your word, oh God. Lord, steadfast and unmovable, oh God. Lord, she needs peace, oh God. Lord, we need for you to comfort her right now, oh God. We need for her to see you in everything, oh God. This is just a problem, oh God. This is a process, God, and we thank you for the process, God. We thank you for doing a good work, oh God. We thank you for doing a new work, oh God. We thank you for the healing, oh God. We thank you for for allowing a watching world to see how great you are. We thank you for her testimony that's going to come, oh God, and she's going to tell us, oh God, about a man. She said that I know a man. She just said the fact when they tell her, I know a man. And I thank you, God, for the testimony that's going to come when she's going to tell us about the man. The man 
you a man, and I will not worry about this. I'm saying, Father, on what you're going to do in her life right now. I'm saying, Father, oh God, in what you're going to reveal. I'm saying, in your will, oh God, in your timing, oh God, in your healing, oh God, and your diagnosis, oh God, and your prognosis, oh God. Lord, I thank you right now, oh God. I thank you right now for us coming collectively as one unit, oh God, to lift her up. To lift her higher, higher up to you, oh God, for you to breathe upon her right now, oh God. Breathe life into her right now, oh God. Breathe healing into her body right now, oh God. Lord, whatever it is, oh God, that's causing the weight loss, oh God. Lord, it's under your hand. It's in your hand. God, you're you know it all. And Lord, we thank you, oh God. We thank you for that mustard seed faith that somebody just
listening to what you are going to say to us, Father God. Mm-hmm. Let your words come out, Father God, with clarity yeah. and just bring forth and healing yeah. and restoration. Yeah. Father God, rebuilding. Yes, Father God, whatever you want to do in our life, yes. we're surrendering oh, ourselves yes. right now. We don't want to take, Father Thank God, you. anything that you don't want to give. Father God, we want to give you the glory and honor this morning. Yes. God, we praise yes. you for all that you have done and all that you're going to do for us. Yes, yes. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. We give you the glory and honor, Father God, for this beautiful day. Thank you. Father God, we also pray for, you know, the the blessings that you have already been restored upon each and every one of us. Father God, the things that we don't even see, that you see. Yes, Lord, yes. Hallelujah. Father God, you are an elbow-yi. Father God, you actually showed up before Hagar showed up. Yes. And you already were there with the ram in the ticket before Abraham showed up. Because you are a God who never leaves nor forsakes us today. As we go into your word, Father God, speak to us. Speak to us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, glory. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Good morning, everyone. And uh, I know there is a little bit of echo in my voice, uh, you know, and uh, um, I'm, I'm working on it. You know, God actually you know, have something, um, you know, to say about this today, and I'm going to listen to what God is saying. I'm, I'm sitting in a room where I have all the, you know, materials that I need for preaching, um, but, you know, the one thing that I, this echo was just like a continuously coming from this room. I have no idea why, and I was asking God, what do I do, God? And it was like a God just like a reminding me that this is a holy of holies. This is like where my presence is. And you need to put a veil around this room. And so my prayer this morning, even though it is not here today, but it will be uh, very soon. Until then, just, you know, uh, be, bear with me a little bit about this echo. But today, we're going to look at the, the, the names of the Lord. That's what we've been studying for the last couple of uh, months. In fact, it, mm-hmm. it has become more than two months that we have started to study the word of God into the names of the Lord. We saw how there are over 950 names in the Bible and titles in the Bible. And we are trying to understand a few of these things or study a few of these things so we can know him better. Yes. You know, a lot of times we don't even know how to quote a certain verses in the Bible when we go through rough times. But I know that the God of this universe can actually remind us with his character. We don't even need to be eloquent. We don't need to know the Bible like, you know, um, inside out and just not remember or just like worried about knowing. You know, reading the word is good. You know, going to the word is good. And just memorizing the word is good. But there are times when they go through the rough moments, everything falls off. It's like a, um, a woman who is just like, a, you know, uh, going to give a birth for the first time. 
She goes to this Lamarck class where she knows how to breathe, one, two breathing. She knows how to just like, a, you know, have her back factor. She knows her husband needs to have a whistle in his mouth, you know. Oh, that is fine. But when the, when the rubber meets the road, none of those things matter, you know. It is between you and your God. Amen. It is between you and your Savior that needs to show up at that point in time. And it is more than anything, knowing our Savior will just lead us into the comfort that we will go through. So today morning, we're going to read about or meditate on Jehovah Shama, Shama, S-H-A-M-M-A, Shama. The Jehovah Shama, uh, sometimes, uh, you know, this whole word, uh, you know, when you read or meditate or do a research on uh, Yahweh Shama, uh, Yahweh is like a, another uh, translation for Jehovah, right? Yahweh Shama, which means I am the Lord who is there. Mm. I'm the Lord who is there. Okay, so before we go and study about this, what I want to say is this. Why is, why is this name so critical? Is like a, There are times like what we were talking about this morning. We go through a phase in our, in our life where we feel like, you know, that, that our prayers are not being answered. We feel like we are doing this battle all by ourselves. We feel like, you know, nobody understands what I'm going through. Sometimes we have certain burdens in our heart. We have some things that are going in our life that we cannot even share with everybody, right? We feel like, you know, you're battling alone in this, especially when you go through disappointments, when you go through disagreements, when you go through discouragement in life, right? And, And the thing is that my prayer this morning is that this message will remind us every single time we go through a rough situation that he is a Jehovah Shama, the Lord who is there. Yeah. I want you to turn to Ezekiel chapter 48 and verse 35. We're just going to take this one verse, and this is the first time the Lord is talking about Jehovah Shama. Right? This is a book, Ezekiel is a book before Daniel, and uh, not that, uh, you know, you cannot find it. The reason why I'm saying is this is the last verse of the book of Ezekiel. This is the last thought that God put on this prophet's mind. Ezekiel chapter 48, verses 35. It says the distance all around will be 18,000 cubits. 18,000 cubits is six miles. And the name of the city from that time on will be the Lord is there. Jehovah Shammah. Right? The Lord is there. So in this book of Ezekiel, God is talking about New Jerusalem. Right? We saw, we will come back to this verse a little later as well and just to do a little bit deep dive on this word. But the thing is this, God is talking to the prophet about the length of the city. He's talking about the width of the city. He's talking about the shape of the city, right? In the midst of all these things, he says, in that city that 
he is giving description to Ezekiel. He's saying the Lord is there. He's going to be there. Right? And we saw this even a couple of weeks ago when we were doing the Revelation um, book, uh, Revelation. We were talking about the new Jerusalem and uh, the new city, uh, new heaven, new earth, all those things that we were looking at. Uh, we saw in Revelation chapter 21, verses 3, here God is talking to Peter, and he says, I heard a loud voice coming from heaven. It said, see. God was just telling Peter, see. God's home is with men. He will live with them. They will be his people. God himself will be with them, and he will be their God. God is telling Peter that this is God's home. In fact, when we read from New King James Version, it says it's the tabernacle. This is the place where he is, right? His home, right? In that home, the Bible says the Lord will dwell with them. He will be their God. He will be their master. He will be their source of strength at that point in time, right? And it's talking about the people, right? When you read that verse in uh, Revelation chapter 21, it says he will live with them. They will be his people. Who are these people? Who is God talking about? He is talking about the believers that are going to be there in that new Jerusalem, right? Who are these, new, who are these believers? Very simple explanation is all we need. We somehow made this whole Christian faith so complicated. Our, 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 our need for knowing who we are in Christ is just so simple definition. And it comes in Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10. It says, there are only two things God is expecting out of you and me to have an entry, a room in this new Jerusalem. He says, if we confess with your mouth, mm. if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Very simple. All we need to say with our mouth, confess with our mouth, the name of Jesus and believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead and we are saved. Amen. We have an entry into this room. We don't, I mean, yes, it is good to do a lot of things around it, like Ms. Katina talked about this morning. We've given over the years so much importance for this external variables. We are not actually, you know, paying attention to the basics. The basics on everything that we do and say, we need to get back to this one. The heart, the Bible says on the verse 10 of Romans 10, it says, with the heart one believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. All it's saying is like, you know, when, when our mouth, you know, profess that Jesus is the Lord, and that he was raised from the dead is all it takes. In fact, 
there is another powerful, powerful verse that I saw, which is very simple. In, in, in John chapter 11, verses 25, it says, Jesus said to her, this is the, her is the woman at the well, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me will live even though he dies. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Amen. That's it. Period. God says, you will never die. Because you believe in me. I got you right now. It doesn't matter whether we are a Jew or a Gentile. God says, I am Jehovah Shammah. I'll be there with you. No matter whether we are a Baptist or a Presbyterian or a Methodist or whatever the denomination is, God is saying, I am Jehovah Shammah. I'll be there with you. No matter how the life beats you and pulls you down and takes you to this rough place, God says, nothing changes because you believe in me. I am your salvation, and I know I'm going to show up in your life. And that's all the only qualification we need to profess. We need to confess with our mouth that Jesus is. Ms. Renda says, the man, I know the man. Mm-hmm. I know my God. I know he's going to show up. So today, we're going to actually look at like a two places very quickly, and then we will go into what is the, you know, how can I apply this? This, this pattern of like a being lost is not new in the Bible. We, we've seen, you know, time from, from time to time, you know, when we go through this rough time in our life, even our families and friends may not understand. And that the, we, one thing that the, the believers do is like a, they start to pray, like how we do, right? We pray and pray. Sometimes, even after we pray, things doesn't look like it's going up our ceiling. Mm-hmm. Is God listening? God, are you there? I'm paying tithe. I go to church. I do prison ministry. I do all these things. God, are you sure you have the coordinates right? I hear this, this coordinate, the X and Y coordinate, where I'm standing. God, you need to look at me. Right? That's how we feel. And the thing is this, if you don't feel that way, you know, there's something wrong in that scene. Why? Because every one of us, nobody is exempted from it. Every one of us in this life, we will get to that point of like a completely vulnerable, completely violated, completely, you know, a barren that we, we, we become like, a, you know, before God saying, God, I've tried everything possible. This is not working. God, I can there. Right. In fact, in the Bible, we see, today we're going to see David go through one of those breakdown moments in his life. Right. We will read what, what he's going through a couple of times in David's life when he was running from Saul and when he was running from Absalom. He goes to this state or when he was just like, you know, taken down and sick. Like, I don't know when King David wrote Psalm 22. We're just going to see what he is saying there. We see Moses 
felt this way in wilderness when the children of God start to build a golden calf. We see Job when he lost his wife and wealth and children. And to make things worse, he lost, his whole body was covered with the boils from head to toe. He was repeatedly saying, God, did you forget me? In fact, his friends were saying, curse God and die. His wife said that too. Just the thing is like there are, there are so many that are in the Bible who has already gone through this kind of like a vulnerable situation. Peter and the disciples after crucifixion of Christ going away from them, they believed that Jesus is going to be their king. And they believed and walked with him. They served with him. They saw him every day. Day in and day out, he lived with them in the boat and the, in, the, in the mountains. But here, all of a sudden, they removed Jesus from their life. They feel abandoned. Paul felt it, uh, when, uh, you know, when he was, uh, um, you know, given that disease or a thorn in his flesh. He felt like a God. I actually gave up everything, followed you. Look what I'm going through. This thorn is not leaving. God says, my grace is sufficient for you. Elijah felt it when he was running from Jezebel, that he thought that she's going to do exactly what he, what, what he did to the, the prophets of Baal. Right? In fact, Jesus felt abandoned on the cross. So don't feel alone in this one. When he was on the cross for the first time, he couldn't speak to his father. He says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That's why it is so important for us to feel like sometimes that we are battling alone. It feels like, you know, we are not in the zone where God can bless. Those are all normal thoughts. So don't beat yourself thinking that you did something wrong for you to go through this. Sometimes it may not be something that we did wrong that we go through. We go through certain things because it is to glorify God. And the thing is this, like, you know, when we, sometimes we do wrong things too. We get into trouble. But I'm saying like a lot of times that when we go through certain things, you know, even Dr. King in his speech, he's talking about it. He says unearned suffering is redemptive. Unearned suffering is redemptive. There is a suffering that you did not earn can be turned into an act of redemption. We don't need to feel pity. That's what was on Dr. King's mind when he spoke. I have a dream speech in Washington, D.C. on that summer day. I know my God will take me out of this. That's the message he was saying. In fact, I heard this quote by an author named Ruth. Never fear shadows. They simply mean there is a light shining somewhere nearby. Never fear shadows. They simply mean that there is a light shining somewhere nearby. Let's go to Psalm 22. I just want to read Psalm 22, major portions very quickly, so we can go into how we can apply. So if you have your Bibles, let's go to Psalm 22. This is also like a pre-view uh, of like a, what Jesus went through on the cross. But this, this particular moment in time, King David wrote 
I do not know what was going in his life, but he says, my God, my God, why have you left me alone? Why are you so far from helping me and from the words I cry inside myself? Oh my God, I cry during the day, but you do not answer. I cry during the night, I find no rest. Yet you are holy. The praises Israel gives you are your throne. Our Father trusted in you, and you saved them. They cried out to you and were set free. They trusted in you and were not ashamed. He's just like not only crying, he's just like explaining to God, God, I know you work, but I don't know why you're not working in my life. But I was, I'm a worm and not a man. I'm put to shame by men, and I'm hated by the people. All who see me make fun of me. They open their mouths and shake their heads and say, He trusts in the Lord. Let Lord help him. Let the Lord take him out of trouble because he is happy in him. Sometimes people will even take a shot at you saying, Ah, this person actually believed in Christ. He, He was a Christian. He was a believer. Look what happened to him. I'm telling you, in moments like that, we feel even more vulnerable. We we feel more threatened by the enemy. But here's what, you know, uh, David is doing. Half of the time, he, he not only complains about the problem he is going through, he's saying, but you brought me out when I was born. You made me trust when I drank my mother's milk. I was in your care from birth. Since my mother gave birth to me, you have been my God. He's toiling between what he's going through and he's also remembering who God is in the moments of trouble. And the Bible says in verse 11, Do not be far from me, for trouble is near. This is the worst day of David's life. And David is saying, God, don't leave me. I need you now. This trouble is near. This bills are near. I just cannot take my eyes off of my problem. And there is no one to help. This is the reality, my brothers and sisters. Sometimes we go through certain situations. We cannot even tell somebody what we are going through because Nobody can help but God. Many bulls have gathered all around me. Strong bulls of Bashan stand around me. They open their mouths wide against me with a loud, hungry, like a loud, hungry lion. I'm poured out like water. All my bones are out of joint. If David was writing this today, he would say, I can smell my Bengay, you know. My strength is dried up like a piece of a broken clay pot. My tongue sticks to the roof of my mouth, and you laid me in dust of death. For dogs have gathered around me, a group of sinful men stand around me. 
They have cut through my hands and feet. I can tell how many bones I have. The people look at me with wide eyes. They divide my clothes among them by drawing names to see who would get them. But you, O oh God, be not far from me. O oh, my strength, hurry to help me. Take me away from the sword. Save my life from the power of the dark. Save me from the lion's mouth, from, from the horns and the wild bulls. You answer me. David is saying, crying out to God. And, and a lot of parallels that we can see from what Jesus was going through on the cross as well. But here's the thing. In the midst of his cry, the Bible says, I will make your name known to my brothers. In the center of the meeting of worship, I will praise you. You who fear the Lord will give him praise. He's now talking to us. So far, he was talking to others. He was talking about himself. But now he's saying to you and me on this line, he's saying you who fear the Lord will give him praise. And all your children of Jacob, honor him, fear him. All your children of Israel, you and I are the children of Israel. For he has not turned away from the suffering of the one in pain or trouble. He has not hidden his face from him, but he has heard his cry for help. The Bible is very clear in the midst of all these things that David is saying. You know, I God, my God will never forsake me. My God will always show up in my life. And, and it is like a God saying, seeing what David was going through. Sometimes what happens is when we go through the rough times and we go through this kind of like a problem in our life, we start to feel this abandonment from God. We feel the abandonment from the people. It is just the fear and it is just our feeling. There was a quote that I saw and it says, fear is the dark room where the devil takes you to develop your negatives. Fear is the dark room where the devil takes you to develop your negatives. When you feel like you are abandoned, you start to become bitter. You start to become like a, I don't know these people, how they can say this. Oh, that guy that cuts you on the freeway, the lady who stops you, you know, treats you well, immediately the antenna goes up for you to say, oh my God, why are these people not just like respecting me? Why are these people just putting my name down? We start to go in this whole hurl of things God is saying. That's just a feeling, you know. And, and the thing is this, uh, sometimes it's the hard things, like what Vince talked about, like, uh, you know, you go through a medical report and you feel very fearful and, and we are afraid of the problem. But God's not afraid of your problem and my problem. We want God to come into the house to rescue us. But instead, he's saying, I am with you in your trouble. I am Jehovah's child. We are always expecting God. It's almost like we are sitting inside a jail cell and there is a door that is locked 
and we are expecting God to open the door for us to come out. But God is saying, I'm actually inside that room with you, next to you, sitting down and handling the problem. What is the better thing here? God just opening the door? Or actually God is fighting for you in the middle of your problem. We have to change our prayer style to allow God to handle our problem. We need to be still and know that he is the Lord. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we just like to take the problems into our hands. And we try to solve the problem ourselves. God saying, no. In fact, change your vocabulary of how you are praying. Know that I am Jehovah Shema. I never left you. I never leave you. I'm always there for you. You just need to use my hands. You need to start using my legs. You need to start to use my mouth. You need to start to use my strength. Because the Bible says he is the strong power that righteous run to us. This morning, there are four things, four things that I just wanted to very quickly say about the characteristic of this Jehovah Shema that we are going to carry him. He is the Jehovah Nisi, the banner. But more than anything, those are the things that God says, I can handle better for you. Number one, the number one truth about Jehovah Shema is that God is the present help in the time of your trouble. He is the present help in time of your trouble and my trouble. Psalm 46 says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Even though the earth, is, the earth be removed and that the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, Psalmist is saying, don't forget the fact that you have Jehovah Shema on your side. He is the present help. He is not the past help. He wasn't just a testimonial time help that happened last week and last month and all of a sudden he lost his power to help you today. Nor don't think him that he's going to show only in the future. He is now, right now, Jehovah Shammah is right here with you and me. He's the present help. I want to go back to the Ezekiel chapter 48, 35 that we started off with. He's talking about this is the last thing that, you know, God spoke to this prophet and said, the Lord is there. He says the name of the city from that time on will be the Lord is there. So it's, it's like, you know, Charleston. It's like Washington, D.C. Now that city is going to be called the Lord is there. It's going to say Jehovah Shammah. That when we walk into the new city, that's the name of the city that you're going to be walking into. But when is this verse written? This verse in, in Ezekiel, the book of Ezekiel was written when Babylonians came and destroyed the whole city. They even destroyed the temple that Solomon built. It is almost like a, the children of Israel, it was like a, somebody put a hand through their chest and pulled their heart out and threw it on the floor and stopped on it because they believed that God 
was sitting in that temple and that all of a sudden in their midst there was a hopelessness, there was a despair that just got, you know, spread out and the Ezekiel was someone that God picked up to write this chapter. In fact, in Ezekiel 37, God was talking to him about the valley of dry bones. It's a picture of the spiritual condition of the children of Israel. Then the Lord tells the prophet, you know, speak to them. Speak to those dry bones. Speak. Right? So he is saying to the children of Israel, don't worry about this building. I am the temple. I am Jehovah Shammah. I'm always traveling with you. A lot of times people are so panicky about COVID and COVID deaths, stock market crashing, the business is broken, the family is just disintegrated, there is a bad news from the doctor, all these things just like a makes us panic. God is saying, don't look at the problem. Look at me. I'm the Jehovah Shema. In fact, I heard a pastor preach yesterday. I was just listening to this pastor. He was saying, COVID is the best evangelist right now. He, the, the thing is that he was saying all the preachers and the evangelists and the pastors, you guys should take a rest because COVID is doing a much better job evangelizing people than what you did from your pulpit. Hmm. God doesn't need speakers to defend him. God doesn't need zero. God doesn't need these preachers. God doesn't need these evangelists. He is the Lion of Judah. He can defend himself. He doesn't need evangelists shouting from the pulpit how good his God is. He is the Lion of Judah. He is the King of Kings. He is the Lord of Lords. He can split the Red Sea in a moment's notice. He can crumble the, the walls of Jericho. He can shut down the mouth of lions. He can make the fire go helpless. We don't need another person to defend God. God is saying, I will rebuild this temple. I will rebuild this city. I will bring you back into this place where you are living from. I am the present help. The second one that I want to remember about this Jehovah Shammah is this. No matter what you're going through, he's still sitting on the throne. You may not feel like he is in charge, but he is. Psalmist says in 103, Psalm 103, 19, the Lord has established his throne in heaven and his sovereignty rules over all. You may say, yeah, 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 all those are fine, but what about the fact I'm sick still? What about the bills I cannot pay? What about the things that is just overwhelming? I feel defeated. What about all these things that have gone wrong in my life? God says, I hear you. Those are facts, right? Sickness, bills, all those things that you're overwhelmed today morning with Tanya talk about, like, you know, how for, uh, you know, again and again she was applying for this 
and nothing was happening, and she was talking to her mom. All these things are, are facts, now, undisputable facts, no matter, you know, what we are going through, no matter, you know, what goes on in our life. One thing that doesn't change any of these things, that God is still on the throne. He is still in charge. It might not look like where we are standing, from where we are standing, but our perspective is very limited. He has a bigger picture that we don't see. In the middle of our battle, we are distracted, and the turmoil, and the illness, and the injury, and the suffering, and the sins of all kinds. God just says, like, I have a higher view of what you're going through. I have a higher view of like this nation. I have the higher view of this earth. In fact, that's what we saw earlier in Genesis chapter 16, verses 13. Hagar, before she went there, God was there with this. The angel of the Lord was already there. And that's why she says, you are the God who sees. But she said, have I also here seen him who sees me? You might not know. I might not know how to handle things from time to time. But he does. We don't have to. We can rest and trust in him, knowing that he's still sitting on the throne. He's still in charge. We can simply, just lifting our eyes to him, that is the verse that I really, really love. That says, like, you know, when we look up to him, Look up to the mountain where our help comes from. He, he, God says like repeatedly, my children will not be ashamed because I am their God. They are my product. Mm-hmm. God says, you know, they are made in my own image. They actually speak. Nobody speaks but the man and the woman that he made. No animal can speak and think and speak like we think and speak. It may happen in Disney Channel, but not in real life. In real life, God has actually made you and me with the senses that we can actually feel and speak just like God can speak and trust. And here's the third point that I want to say. The number one that I talked about today is that, uh, you know, when, when we go through the times of trouble, when, when everything looks like it's broken, he's the present help that we can hold on to. Number two, no matter what we go through, he's still on the throne. He is in charge. Number three, there are people that have gone through before us, has walked with the Lord with the similar difficulties that came out because the Jehovah Shema lived and walked with them. There are people before us who have gone through what we are going through, and God never left them abandoned. If he can do it for them, he will do it for us too. Amen. He hasn't changed his vocabulary. He hasn't changed his stance about you and me. When we go to the book of Genesis, chapter 3, verses 8, it says... They heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. 
This word, when we read it, we may just like a brush and go away from it. But notice for sure, this verse was written after Adam and Eve ate the apple. Right? They have made a mistake. They have sinned. They have not listened to God. They have fallen away from his command. But still, God showed up. God was there walking in their midst. There are things that we do wrong, and we think that we have alienated ourselves from God. We separated ourselves from Him, and God says, you may have separated yourself from me, but I haven't separated from you. You may want a divorce from me. I'm not going to give you the divorce that you're asking for because you are stuck with me. It's just like a, that's just a characteristic of God that Jehovah Shammah is saying, no matter what, I'm there with you. The second one, fast forward, you know, the children of Israel were walk, wandering in the desert for 40 years, and the, and the Lord never left them, even in the middle of their, you know, all their disagreements with the Moses, all their complaining and grumbling. God never left us. If you read the verses in the Bible, there was a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night was always there in the midst of the children of Israel, in the middle of their complaining and grumbling. Mm -hmm. Exodus chapter 13, verses 21 says, The Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead the way, and by night in the pillar of fire to give them light, so as to go by day and night. In fact, there is another verse that we actually meditated on in Exodus chapter 25, when we meditated on the mercy seat that was on top of the Ark of the Covenant. And in that, his presence was there. The Bible says that, you know, in the mercy seat, I will meet with you. I will speak with you from above the mercy seat from between the two cherubims which are on the Ark of the Covenant, about everything which I will give you in commandments to the children of God. Here's the thing. The cloud never left the children of Israel. It was always there. In fact, when Solomon built his temple in First Kings chapter 8, he's talking about the Lord said, this is what God said to him, after he built the tabernacle, the Lord said he would dwell in the dark cloud. I have surely built you an exalted house and a place for you to dwell in forever. God is an omnipotent God. He's all-powerful. There is nothing too hard for him. He's an omnipresent God. He's everywhere. There is no corner on earth no cell in our body that is hidden from him. He's an omniscient God. He's all-knowing. Nothing surprises him. What you are experiencing right now is not a mystery to him. He knows it all. And he is Jehovah Shammah. There were people who have gone through before him, but God never let them out, even in the midst of their mistakes. Mm -hmm. The Bible says in, you know, I've always, um, you know, 
uh, read about this verse that says that, you know, when, when you ask for the wisdom, he will give it to you abundantly. That's, that's how far I went when I read about James 1.7, you know, when we lack wisdom, it says, ask God for the wisdom. And the verse did not end there. That it says, the Lord will give wisdom to all without finding fault. If only God just like a takes a, a read-o meter and just starts to record everything that we do to offend him, he could actually get offended. But instead, he would never get offended. He would never get, you know, discouraged. He would always show up in your life. He is Jehovah Shammah. He is there. He is the God, number four, he is the God of breakthrough. He is accused and delivers. He performs signs and wonders. So many times we have seen in the book of, that, that we have in our hands that we see in the life of Daniel. He shut the mouth of the lion to rescue his son, rescue his beloved. If Daniel is his beloved, so is Sarah Jackson, so is Bradley, so is Brenda Gibbs, so is Tanya Grant, so is, you know, Poinsett, Miss Poinsett, everybody. Because God's not just going to leave even one name out of his vocabulary, out of his book of remembrance. This is an incredible God that we serve. We serve a magnificent God. We serve a God who would never compromise in his love for his children, and he will always show up with a breakthrough for his children, no matter what our situation is. Amen. In the life of Jonah, he was running away from God. He was thrown into the fish, and when thrown into the sea, a fish swallowed him. He was in the middle of the belly of the fish. He has no idea what's going to come, and he was crying out to God from the belly of the fish, and God showed up. By letting him out in the shirt of Nineveh. We see this again and again and again. We see about this man who lives in a graveyard in the New Testament by the Sea of Galilee. This man has nothing but chains and shackles. He was so strong, they had to restrain him. They had to lock him up. They were to put him in a place like among the graveyards. And they he was cutting himself with stones day and night. He would cry and scream out. He was completely lost. He didn't even know who he, who he was. Sometimes we don't even need to know who we are. We just know that we are the sons and daughters of the living God. That's all we need to know, that God is going to show up, just like how he showed up in the grave to pick this man up. You know what? I've already said so many things today about this God. I talked about, like, you know, the four things that we should remember, the characteristics of Jehovah Shammah. He's going to show up. Here's the thing. If God does nothing for me today, if God does nothing for me tomorrow, if God does nothing for me the next day, week or a next month or a next year, I will still be okay. You know why? He died for me. Amen. 
How many people would die for you? To save you. Will there be anybody who gives their life for every one of us? He died for me. He went to the grave for me. He is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He could be in heaven doing everything that he can, but he went to the grave for me. And on the third day, he rose up again. That seals it all. There is nothing more he needs to do. From here on, he could just like go out there and just like build up new city, new Jerusalem, new heaven, new earth. We would be perfectly fine, but no. God shows up in your life and my life every single day. He intervenes in our life. He intervenes in our situation. He intervenes in our circumstances. There's nothing that is out of his bounds. We are not qualified but chosen. We are not qualified but chosen, but chosen by God. But he loves me more than anything I could even think or ask mm. this morning. That Jehovah Shammah, that the God who is sitting on the throne, is saying, when you run into a trouble, don't ask me to open the door. Know this for sure. I'm sitting inside with you, mm. fighting for you. When I'm inside with you, it doesn't matter what the that the doors look like how far, how high, how far, how wide, how deep it is. I can cut through them all. I am the Jehovah Shammah. I am with you in the midst of your trouble. Thank you, Brother Cyril, for those words directly from our Lord. Jehovah Shammah, the Lord is there. I'm the Lord who is there. It's powerful. God, Cyril reminded us about no matter your background, no matter your ministry, no matter your religion, no matter your denomination, that's the same God who is there. He sits on the throne. He's sovereign over all. He gives examples of all the all the people in the Bible, David, Job, Moses, Peter, Paul, Elijah, who at times all failed, abandoned by God, but he was still there. It's what a great reminder when you look at all the heroes of the Bible, they, what they felt and went through. I am with you in your trouble. I am your God. Jehovah Shammah, God is the present help with you in times of trouble. As in Psalm 46, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Therefore, as Cyril said, he's present help. He's not a past help. He's a present help, always present. No matter what you're going through, God is still on the throne. He is a sovereign king who knows all, is all, and is, will always be all. No matter for your illness, injury, your hurt, your suffering, your pain, he is still there even though we may not feel like he is. He is always sovereign. There are people who have gone before us with similar circumstances and difficulties and God has never left them or brought them. Even in our mistakes, even in our sin, he is still there and he still shows up. 
And fourth, he is the God of breakthrough, the signs of wonder, how he shuts mouths of lions, how he separates the Red Sea, how he has a burning bush that talks, how he's delivered Jonah. There's so many examples of his signs and wonders. That's what he's famous for. And sometimes we don't even know who we are. We don't even know through our pain and suffering, but he is always there because he's died for me. He loves me. He rose again. Amen. Sarah? Yeah. Amen. Amen. Lord Jesus, we bow before you in humility and ask you to examine our hearts today. Show us anything that is not pleasing to you. Reveal any secret pride, any unconfessed sin, rebellion, or unforgiveness that may be hindering our relationship with you. We know that we are your beloved children, having received you into our hearts and lives and having accepted your death as penalty for our sinfulness. The price you paid covers us for all time and our desire is to live for you. As we take the bread representing your life that was broken for us, we remember and celebrate your faithfulness to us and to all who will receive you. Thank you for your extravagant love and unmerited favor. Thank you that your death gave us life abundant life now and eternal life forever. We receive this bread in remembrance of you. And in the same way, we take this cup representing your blood poured out from a splinted cross. You are the supreme sacrifice for all of our sin, past, present, and future. Today, we remember and celebrate the precious gift of life you gave us through the blood you spilled. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 This is a time for us to commune with God. This is a time for us to tell God that we are enjoying his presence, that we will remember his presence. In the book of First uh, uh, Corinthians chapter 11, it says that, uh, for I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Go ahead and take the elements of bread in remembrance of him. In the same way, also he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Go ahead and take the cup that you have in your hand. Hallelujah.
Hallelujah. The conference Amen. has been unmuted. Hallelujah. Amen. Father, we come before your throne of grace this morning for who you are, Father Thank God, in our life. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross for us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. For raising from the grave, Father God. Thank you for sitting on the right hand of the Father. Yeah. Thank you for listening to our voices every day. Thank you for smelling our prayers from your throne room. Thank you, Father God, for just showing up every day in our life, Father God. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Men may fail, but you, Father God, have never failed in showing up in the past. You will never show up. You are never lost, oh God. Father, you are a God who knows our past, who knows our present, who knows our future. This morning, Father, we're so thankful. Thank you, Lord. You have a Jehovah Shema in our life. You have Jehovah Shema that is walking before us. You have Jehovah Shema showing up in the cool of the day in our life. Yes, yes. Thank you. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we surrender ourselves in the mighty hands. God, the King of kings and the Lord of lords and the Lion of Judah. Father, God, I pray this morning that you will straighten every crookedness in our life. Father, God, you make a way in the wilderness for us. Yes, Lord. Father, God, you show up to turn our matter this morning. Yes, God, if anything, Father God, we just like to lift, we lift you up, Father God, in honor and reverence. If you, Father God, seek our lives and use it for the extension of your kingdom and your glory. In Jesus' name we pray, Father, for your glory. Amen. 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 Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Bye-bye. Have a great week. Bye. Have a great week. Bye-bye.